All right, gentlemen, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited for this episode of the Double Patty Podcast. One of our closest friends, uh, we went to college with him, one of uh, my big mentors, uh, he got me into powerlifting at first, so that's I'm super excited we go down memory lane. And we've, we've been pumping his tires a lot, too, on this on the show. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely. He's the one, the only, Eric again. With the pump tires. Pump tires. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to the song, right? <laughs> So, Eric, man, what's up? Tell us your story, man. What what you've been up to? What you started? My story. Um, well, I'm a personal trainer in Orleans, Ontario. I met you guys in Sudbury, Ontario, when where we went to school. We took the health and fitness program, and that's where it all started. It's all started. Started there. How did so? I want to go like since we all took the same program. <laughs> I think it's very important. Really, what was your thoughts through the whole the, the whole experience? Uh, honestly, my experience was great. I loved everything about that program. Um, it, it, it really set me in the right path of where I wanted to be in terms of like opening a gym and um, being a personal trainer in my hometown. Kind of put me, like it, it taught me how to kind of look what, what to look for when you start a business, how to assess someone, like everything about nutrition. Um, and then I did my plasma with Andres and Michelle, which oh, like oh. for me, like the, the tiny bit of time I did with him was like, for me worth like two years. I learned so much with him and I just kept on learning after that, kept on reading books, kept on doing new certifications. Um, and then I, I worked in the rehab field at Pro Physio for a bit and there I learned a lot. So like whatever I learned in, in college, well, I kind of shot me out and I just kept learning after that nice. so cool man cool. and that was uh that was my my, my... <laughs> uh, like yeah for sure right it was like um it, it it set you up and I think like for all of us it gave us a like a solid base on like what's the show is like what the show needs to be happening as and when I mean show it's like the like life life yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like there's I agree. like what we learned in college you go through Pretty much anything and everything, right? From hardships, like just in school, personal life, personal school, personal like personal life, also. Mm-hmm. And now that you're like here at your point, like you graduated, you worked with different people, and now you have your own place. I think it's like it's, yeah, it speaks value in itself, right? Like mm-hmm. honestly, you have a great location. Me and Pat were talking about it last Thank night you. for literally like thirty minutes. You, yeah, you yeah. Pat's first time here too yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. So you honestly haven't made here, man. Like, yeah, I really, really like your business plan. Thank you. Uh, and the way you kind of structured this building and the way you want, where you want to bring things, man. Like, I'm a big believer in your vision. So Thank super you. proud of you, man. Like, it's it's cool to see one of my friends uh, uh, be a really good entrepreneur. And yeah, man, it's well, inspiring, it, bro. So it's pumping like, tires, but oh, man. <laughs> man, man, your tires are so broad. Yeah, yeah. Be able to go all the way to fucking Sudbury with this. <laughs> My head's getting like this. I wouldn't be where I am today if it would, wasn't for the people that I surround myself with, like you guys. Like I remember when I, I decided to leave for Sudbury to go to school. Like I didn't think twice about it. I'm like, you know what? That's what I want to do. That's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. And I ended up meeting you guys, meeting a bunch of different people from, like 
different parts like Quebec, Perth. Like it's it's cool because you were in a class learning a subject that you want to learn about with yeah. people that want to learn that subject. Yeah. So when you study, it's easy because those people you can talk about those subjects. And the best way to to be good at one thing is to teach it, right? Yep. Best way to remember it too. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. So for for me, like surrounding myself with people in the gym, like you guys, surrounding myself with people around, like in my classes. And on, on all the labs we did and all the projects we did, like, it was really fun. And for me, it kind of helped me grow the business that I have. Because if it wasn't for you guys, I would have never had the experience that I have right now. Like, I remember when I first started, like... Because you were one of my first coach, like, per, in, the fi- in, like, the lifting world. Yeah. Like, I had coaches. Um, with volleyball, we had different coaches there and, like, our strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. But, like, only powerlifting, like, or only training... You were one of my first coach, so like I'm sure like that yeah, gave you some value and experience there. Well, I I saw you as like my best training partner. Like I remember oh, us yeah. getting in the gym first thing in the morning, and like lifting heavy weights. And for me, like I was learning that subject. Like I was learning something. Yeah. I was applying it in the, in the gym, and I was testing it on on my friends. Like Pat was one of my first test subjects. It's cool to see the progression, and I remember you guys doing those workouts. Like it was something yeah. special. Like obviously, I'd go in the corner and just do arms there. But uh. yeah. I, really, I, yeah, I, I just want to say that like it, it was so impressive because I remember the first time I met you, and we shoot the sh- you guys, you and Marco were f- your front squatting, and I came to you. And I'm like, hey, homie, you're strong. I want to know what's the best way to teach your front rack. My front squat. My, your front squat and yeah. your front rack position. Yeah. It's like. And then you said such a big important thing. You're like, well, before I do that, I gotta just assess my shoulder, my elbows, mm-hmm. my wrists before I get under the bar. And that's back, like that. Just that quote was just like, okay, well, you, you gotta start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I, like you gotta start at the bottom of the ladder to get to the top. And you were doing that really well in training. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the first program we did together was like a ridiculous like squatting cycle just to get our squat up. <laughs> oh my god, I remember the Smolov Junior. <laughs> What? Small Lob Junior. Look it up. It's a squatting program. Yeah, wow. pretty much squat every single day for like a period. I think it's for a period of like weeks. four weeks or six weeks. I think there's one for 12 weeks. Jeez. It's crazy, but it, 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 it adds like a lot to your squat. Like yeah, I remember I doing it. I had like a 50 pounds. Yeah, I added 50 pounds to my squat. But then going back to that time, like I was also learning everything, right? And, but like when I was a, uh, actually, I'll get one too. So, yeah, okay, sorry, water break. Water, <laughs> water break. break. Water break for today. I ran a twenty no twenty six miles. What? Twenty six point two miles. Twenty six point two miles. Oh, I'm good. And he is here doing a podcast with me. Like if it was me, I would be like face first in my pillow at home sleeping. Oh, yeah. but now you're pumping my tires, man. It, no, but, like, I think impressive. it's like actually. Sorry, guys. We're back from the little water break we had, but we're talking about like college and like the experience we were. Having right the squatting program, the small lob. How did yeah. you got into um, strength training and powerlifting? Um, so me, first of all, I got like into into lifting weights when I was like twelve years old because I was fat. I was a fat kid. So my brother was a big football player, and my dad bought us like a gym and, and like a training gear for your basement, and then we just started lifting. So I started there, but the day that I actually remember starting lifting weights seriously because before I used to just go to the gym do whatever I would see people yeah. do at the gym and just follow along do what my brother 
did for his football, just copy that. But then in in high school, you get some path class. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you I just lift weights. And I, I got obsessed with that class. Like, I had the same teacher for four years in a row. Oh, shit, sorry, really? No, sorry, sorry, not for four semesters. Oh, for, oh, nice. For two years. But I had the same one, and I ended up doing the class, like, I did PATH 11, 10, 11, 12, in one, like, in a year and a half. So by the 11th grade, I had my PATH 12. So in 12th grade, I couldn't redo PATH. Oh, okay. So I asked the, whatever, the person yeah. that helps you with classes, and she's like, like, you should do co-op in that class. Okay. So oh, wow. That's what I did. I did co-op with the same teacher that I had for the previous three years that he taught me how to just lift weights, like, yeah. throw some dumbbells around, do some bicep curls. Like, I was just doing back, chest, and arms. Like, legs, never heard of them. <laughs> like, typical. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that, like, like, now we're at that stage where, like, we understand, like, training give The importance more of training legs, oh, yeah. yeah. And would you, like... I walk around, like, sometimes in Sudbury, like, and I see kids that are just getting into lifting. I'm like, man, you got some small legs, kid. Yeah, I'm like, train your legs. Like, I go up to, to like, when I do my seminars, I like, tell the kids, like, you know, if you do legs, your back's going to grow. Yeah. If you do legs, your chest is going to grow. But, yeah, so I did co-op in that class, and then the teacher told me, I'm like, back then I was into MMA with my brother. Like, we would train. Because that's what I want to talk. That's what I want to talk about. We'll go through it. But yeah. I did MMA with my brother, but I also did weights like on the regular like every single nice. day before school at lunchtime after school um and then i went up to that teacher right before i graduated knowing that i was going into the health and fitness program at Sudbury. i went up to him and i'm like i want to get into bodybuilding because that's what it, like arnold's all those like i wanted to you just wanted to have be, that aesthetic yeah. of well like, i think it like in the 90s, it was so popular, like, with the Rocky oh, yeah. movies, Arnold. Oh, yeah. Everything um, you would see on film, they was, like, those big, big, like, muscular guys. So I wanted to be, yeah. like, a bodybuilder. And then he's like, no, you want to do powerlifting. Oh, okay. And that's where it started. So just um, like, simple as that. He so got, he said, he he said you, that's what you got to do. And then I'm like, what's powerlifting? And then he kind of told me what it is. Like, you just do one rep as heavy as you can. And then I'm like, that sounds cool. So I, I started reading about it, learning mm -hmm. about it. And then that was, like... My whole time in school, that was the subject that I was studying, powerlifting, how to get stronger, how to be more te technically proficient while you lift, like how to master everything for your own proportions and, and your different body types. So that's where it really started. And then that's when I met you guys. Yeah. And then I, you did powerlifting with yeah. me and then we started lifting heavy weights. But I was do I, during that time, I did so many mistakes on myself, which for those are the mistakes why I'm... I do what I do today. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, like, I, I was like 16 years old, 17 years old, going on 18, and in, in my mind, it was lift the heaviest weight you can. Fuck the form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've all been there, bro. So that, that's what I, I, I was that, like. That's like, that should be the, the, the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the form. Fuck the form. But yeah, so... I'm counting. It's again. Fuck the form. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the opposite of that. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. But like, it, it it speaks, man. Like honestly, like that you were at that point and now shoot it ten years later. It's hard yeah. to teach yourself, man. It's, it is, it's but that's it. Like it is, but the, like you learn the hard way. You get hurt. That's how I learned. And like, and I you, remember, you dealt with the, your fair share of injuries through like, yeah. your career, right? 
Like, I, I, for me, like, I'm very lucky. Like, I'm only dealing, it's my second time dealing with, like, a back injury that mm-hmm. stops me from lifting as much. That's it? That's it. Wow, man. So, like, your hip at one point, too. My, my hip, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the same, like, it's the same issue. So, what, what is yeah, it? Yeah, back is hip. It? It's, like, uncompensatory factors for myself. Okay. But, like, only that stopped me from lifting for probably a month. And, like, for you. I had many things. Many things. Yeah. And, but, and, and now that you're, in, like, and from dealing with all those many injuries that you're able to like lift to the quality of your lifting now going through injuries yeah and coming back to stronger all the time i think it's yeah but it's important to note too that most of my injuries weren't from things i did in the gym but rather from like my, my career in jiu-jitsu like, oh, that's okay. what I, I did for a little while yeah and i've been doing martial arts ever, ever since and it's really it's it's a different tax on your body like when you work out it's like you get muscle sore but jiu-jitsu sometimes you're Knee twists the wrong way. Your arm goes behind your head. Like it, you hear some stuff that you you're get not the crack out of you, right? Exactly. You get so, and especially when you go in competition, because competition, the adrenaline like is there. So I did get my fair share of injuries, but when I was lifting weights and doing the eagle lifting that I would like that I did in high school, yeah, like I got one injury from there, and I always like I had major low back pain. I oh, didn't wow. understand why my back was hurting, and I did. Two months of physio, the whole summer, like before going to Sudbury, I did physio for my back. And I would go there. They, they would do a couple of like things that they usually do. They add the suction cups, the ultrasound, and then I was at home. But, and I, I kept getting hurt, right? Yeah. So I'm like, why is, am I not getting better? And then when I finally got in Sudbury, and then it kind of got better, then I kept lifting weight. Fuck the form, just like new in, in, in college, I'm the strongest, I'm the, the, oh, yeah. I can squat the most in this gym. What's your expression? But now it's Pat, the holder in that gym. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Was it piss and testosterone? Yeah, full of piss and <laughs> piss and testosterone. Piss and testosterone. No, I was, me was pretty much Monster Skittles and Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, before, I, I want to keep going to this, man, because I think it's so important to see that, that you, you, to make the like the link between like your placement and like the person you've met, right? Well, but bef- to, before you go there, like for me, when I did get hurt and I got to Sudbury and I kept lifting like shit, I, that's when I met André. Yeah. Shout oh, okay, out. okay. Now we're I shout knew out you were going there. I was waiting for it because that's where I learned how to not get hurt and how to fix your shit. Like, yeah. so that was like a bit of move you there, but how to, <laughs> how to ass- like how to assess your form and make it efficient for your. Your proportion, like what to look at when you look at a squat, what to look at when you look at a deadlift, like what to make sure, make sure that the spice maintain, like stays neutral and stays braced. And André, to shout him out, got me better in two assessments. And oh, wow. turns out it wasn't my low back, it was my hip flexors. Oh, okay. Which now that I know everything about anatomy, like it makes sense. Yeah. But when <laughs> I was a kid, like what the fuck is a hip flexor? And, like just to make the link from like... Going from, like, a bodybuilding, your teacher to, from, like, high school, you know, doing a mostly bodybuilder-style programming with what, with what schools offer, mm-hmm. do you think uh, PATH, because now I know, we know you do seminars in schools, mm-hmm. but do you think PATH back then, or when we got it, had such, like, a, just, like, a very bro repy training yeah. that did not teach kids how to actually proper move? No. I saw PAP as like, as young teenagers going into the adulthood, you need to be physically active every single day. So having that PAP class, they had the goal of just showing you what to do in the gym. And that's what we did. We did like a few forms like lap pull down. Like for me, 
everything I learned was pretty straightforward. Take the weight, go on your back, push it up, bring it down. Like, that's what we were. Yeah. That's what we learned. That's what we did. And now, at a young age, way. like even if you have bad form, you're gonna adapt and recover so fast. So like for us, we were banging up until like we were sore, and then the next day we weren't sore anymore. And then we would do the same thing in the gym. Compared to like going up to college, I got hurt because of so many things I was doing wrong in the gym. Right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they never taught us how to squat properly but i feel like now they're doing a much better job hence they're like getting other felt experts to come into the class and teach something like i do like the deadlifts the the, the basic lifts that kids should do yeah like in high school in, in college uh, high, high school. school they should pretty much teach you how to yeah. squat deadlift bench overhead press hip thrust yeah. yeah that's those are my lifts i would i would add like the olympic lift just for like olympic lifts i would i would classify it as like that's if they want to do Olympic lifting, they shouldn't learn that in school. They should go see, like, like go to Olympic gym, go yeah. to a gym. Because in a, in a class of high school, there's in, in that path class, there's going to be people that are, like, really, really into it and want to do it. Yeah. And there's going to be that one kid that, I don't want to do it. Why yeah. am I here? Like, like I, gym I just took this class because it's an extra credit. So, like, if you try to teach him how to do Olympic yeah. lifting, he's not going to do it as well as, like, oh, he's going to yeah. get most more chances of getting hurt. But, like, if you keep it to the basic exercise and you show them proper technique and then over time, progressively, you just add weight, yeah. slowly yeah. keeping good quality and that's good like, form, that's going to build a better physique. And then once they leave high school and they want to do Olympic yeah. weightlifting or yeah. they, they want to pursue it, go into CrossFit, they're going to have the basic, and, like the base. And you know what? Another thing I would add to that course, man, you need to run 30K if you want to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just no, no, kidding. No. Not no, 30K, but, but you, yeah, no, you deep, like we, we ran. We ran once a week, and that was like... I mean, us too, yeah. It, it was, was fun. But at the end of the day, you know, like form-wise, there's definitely a course we could have did, like maybe like a 30-minute sit-down. Let's talk about form. Let's talk about your... The cadence. Uh, what, you, what you learned that yeah, I learned yeah. as well, the cadence. Let's and that's where they can get a vertical epic, oscillation. Uh, an expert like one of us to just go into school yeah. and teach them that. That'd be cool. Because uh, like for me, running like was so transformative mm -hmm. in high school and during those years, man. So if, uh, if anybody else... That's that age could pick that up and yeah. do something special. Well, I think it would be it would it it would like create so much more uh, like long term gain for like our Canadian programs. Like if you look at for like an Olympic sports type of like, yeah, that kid would have exposure to like actually understanding what is running mm -hmm. at a young age, yeah. what is lifting, or even that course. Like it starts yeah. in grade ten. Like yeah, I think and like with people from being specific in different fields going in and talk about it, mm -hmm. it's good, but, like, it doesn't retain because the kids, it's, like, a 45-minute seminar or conference, right? Right, yeah. 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 Um, um, but, like, it would be cool to see, like, like for self, yourself, go to, like, all the teachers of, like, one one school and be like, hey, this is what you got to do and yeah, what you look for. Yeah, you've done that already, right? Yeah. Well, I don't do it for running, but I do it yeah, for, like, for, for what I want to teach them. But it's, it's a great idea to have people, health expert or just people that do it often just to go talk to the kids and you maybe one of those kids is going to get inspired by you and wants to continue that career in the same path as you for sure i'm sure yeah. you've you've impacted kids and maybe their decisions and uh one thing i wanted to go to man is uh i think now where we're at in, in your high school progression and your college progression as well like is when does sbs start or when does the first version of sbs start and i kind of want to talk about what you did different before the pandemic mm -hmm. that is now actually like a standard for all businesses now. Like yeah. you, were, you were, let's, let's be real. Eric was very innovative with what he did. 
Oh yeah, and his business idea, and uh, it's it's something special. Like we had talked about it on the the Lost podcast. That's uh, not available. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, but <laughs> if you find it, yeah. yeah, if you find it, you can find it on uh, Patreon. That's <laughs> not okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, maybe talk about a little about that. Well, I started SBS in 2017 for the business plan, right? I had my business plan in college. Like no, that's, I mean uh, when we did the uh, that that uh, competition. Is that when you had your first blueprint? That was like that uh, in in my head. That was an SBS. That was like a gym idea that I had. Okay. Um, like it was kind of my dream gym type of thing that I wanted to, to do, like a big ass com- commercial gym type thing. Okay. But no, my first blueprint. Like I worked after I graduated from like. College. college. I, I like. I didn't work in health. Like I, I went into like a, a gym in Canada, and I worked as like a, a daycare. Just an employer. Yeah, just yeah. an employee at, a, at yeah. a gym, where I did like uh, jujitsu and boot camps mm-hmm. for a solid like two years and a half. Like that's what I did, and mm-hmm. I worked for that gym. That's a part of my life where like I learned a lot, which brought me to. Like, come, quitting that job and then being at home saying, like, what do I do? Like, I went to school for this and then I want, I have this idea. So, like, that's where I started SBS. Cool. Um, it's right after, like, that transition from that first job out of college to... Yeah, there was a lot of, like, trying something, failing at that, and then almost burning out to... Thankfully, I had a job, a full-time job at Profizio yeah. where I was doing that. And that's where, like... I'm like I like I like my job here. Obviously, they don't pay you what you're worth. Like you do laundry, um, you do the machines on the patients, and you do exercise program for for people that are in, that have injuries. And then sometimes you have that lucky session where you work with someone, and then you get a bonus pay. Like <laughs> that's the only times you can do. But you always you listen to the, the to the physio, which like the physio tells you this is the problem, and then. You help with solutions for that problem. Cool. And I liked it, but it was a lot of time consumed at that job and still making not enough, well, not what I wanted to make. Yeah, not where your goals were at. Exactly. Yeah. And then I just, I was able to pay off my student loan. No, nice, dude. Parents with great. that job. So like, that was good. That's a huge clap, yeah. man. Because <laughs> right now I'm, <laughs> I'm still backed up, but thank you for the <laughs> pandemic because it gave me like time to like. Reset. Uh, yeah, reset. But then that's sick that, like, yeah. you, in a year, or, like, paying back your loans? Uh, no. So, like, the job that I worked before yeah. as, as, like, a boot camp instructor, um, I, most of my time spent there was, like, charity. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get paid much. Like, I would, yeah. it would teach me jujitsu and, and stuff. And I, at first, I loved it because, like, I, I came back from Sudbury being, a, like, a fat powerlifter. By then, I thought the more mass behind the bar, the you stronger were, you're going to be. You were a Care Bear. So, I was, I was, I was heavier. You, you were the Care Bear. You cared so much for people. I was so much. Like, I was the Care Bear, but on my stomach, there was, like, a chicken nugget. <laughs> but, yeah, that, like, I, I came back from, from, from two, like, three years of stress, of overeating, of thinking I'm gaining muscle, and getting stronger, but really it's just you're in a surplus of too many calories for too long. Coming back from looking myself in the mirror, getting refused my first job that I apply as a personal trainer because I was, quote, too fat for this business. Really? Yeah. That, my first interview that I got at a gym at a private studio. That's not right. The guy looked at me and said, you're not 
like you're you're fine. And then I explained to him like I do powerlifting. Like, like let me go underneath the bar and I'll show you that I'm strong. But like no, him it was all about looking good. Oh, so then, wow. so wow. then, like at that point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I couldn't get a job that I wanted that I just went to school for because I'm too fat. And I'm like, and then I go to the gym and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna train and prove everybody wrong. I'll do powerlifting. We got a competition, and then I I trained for that, and. Like, everything you shouldn't have done for that competition, I kind of did. Like, I don't know if Pat yeah. remembers, but I did take laxative the day before to <laughs> try to lose more weight to make weight. But I learned a lot from that that thing. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? This is... I, I love this, but I need a job to make money. I need to pay the bills that I have. Yeah. So that's when my brother's like, hey, come work with me in Canada. And then I went there, started doing jujitsu again, getting a martial arts, ending up from going from 215... To 173 competition weight, um, competed That's multiple huge, times. Wow. I was doing good, yeah. and like I was that, that whole team from like finishing school to like now getting the job and like back to and that's huge, right? Like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's huge, man. You go from powerlifting, powerlifting from that influence from your coach and like your high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Now you threw that to college because you got stronger, you got fixed from injury. Yeah. Now you're like, okay. Oh, didn't get approved, but hey, you know what? I got a good opportunity training yeah. and still being involved. And to like now, I actually, I want to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, like, when my brother approached me and he's like, hey, come work with me in Canada, it was fun because at first, like, I would get free jujitsu training and I would help with this after school program where my brother does a great after school program in Orleans right now. Yeah, that's, that's his niche. That's, that's his, market, his niche. Yeah. And that's what we were doing in Canada. And like at that time me and my brother were training super hard i i like yeah, i got, I got shredded yeah. i got really lean like, like you even did you, you even did like you still like what you, we snatched together one time because you were as you were yeah. getting leaner you're like i gotta be more functional and powerful yeah and then i started doing olympic weightlifting and you came and me. dude i couldn't believe it like i, th- I think one of the sessions we both did you i think you snatched 180 yeah 185, 185. wow yeah that's huge, man. It was good. And I was good like, at you, that dude. time, I was 173. I was really small compared to what I am today. Like, today, like, I'm much heavier than that. But, like, yeah. that was the leanest. I would train. Me and my brother would go in the gym in the morning for two hours, come back home, eat, drive to Canada, train for another two hours in jujitsu, and he would do Muay Thai. I would do more weights on the side. Like, that's when I, I really got into functional training. Like, yeah. I would teach a boot camp, so I would learn new exercise, like, for, for people to move better while they train and to take that time to be more efficient. So uh, I started learning more exercise. So I did more exercise while my brother was doing his Muay Thai. Um, that was when my brother was training a lot of Muay Thai fights. So like all that time I was reading books. I was like kind of filming my own videos, nice. helping people train. And that's what I was sitting and I'm like, like while my brother trains, I should be doing something for me. Like I, so that I started, that's when I started working on SBS, kind of like high ideas of like in-home training. So sometimes in the week, I would go train people in the morning, and then I would come go to the gym, work out, and then do my whole routine with my brother, go to Canada, train for two hours there. The hour that he was training, I would work on SBS, and then we would do the after-school program from three to six, and then from six to nine, we, w- we would be teaching classes. Wow. Like, my brother would do, um, like, I would train, teach my, my boot camp that's, class. That's, like, right, paying man. the bills, like, yeah, he's to, like, see, years. like, we, like, but, we both, like, we're in the front seat to see your progress, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but at that time, when I was doing all that work, 
like the the three to six hours that I was working, I was making below minimum wage. Like I wasn't getting, I was getting paid like underneath the table, not making a lot of money. Um, like I, it was, I was barely paying my bills. Like I remember. Sorry, CRA. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, I I think that the business that I was working for, like they closed down during the pandemic. Oh, so like sorry, yeah. um, sorry, man. Seeing that, man, you just were in the trenches, like, dog in the fight, yeah, man. Really yeah, but Like, that, seeing yeah. it to now, man, it's very impressive. And at that place, like, we actually ended up growing the gym. Like, me and my oh, brother wow. wanted to add a part to make more money. That was the whole thing. Like, we're not making enough. We want to make more. What's another solution? I would have my personal training. Let's add a gym. But then the thing that we did is he made us build the whole gym without looking at his, like, the, the laws in his uh, contract that he signed for his lease, like we were right before beside a good life. You can have a fitness gym open right beside good life. So Seriously. We were right, so that's oh. why he couldn't let me teach my classes that I wanted. And I was like the boot camp that I was teaching. Technically, I was training afterwards, so I wasn't getting paid for that because I, I would make up with the free jujitsu jujitsu training that I would get. And I did get really good in jujitsu because I would do a lot of like privates with my brother and, and the coach. And I learned a lot in the like two and a half years that I did it, um, but like I wasn't getting much. And I, I, at that point, I saw my friends that I I went to high school with. Like they had a cool job, they they were making money, they were having fun. And I was like working my ass off, training super hard, and not making like much profit because I had my student bill. So yeah. then I got my job at Profizio. I ended up quitting that place because it wasn't a good like environment. It was like a, a toxic environment. I didn't like it there. I would get, I feel like I would just be like a tool, like, oh, Eric, do this, Eric, do that, Eric, do this. Um, and my brother, like, he was training to become a pro. Like, he like he fought all the way up to, like, just under pro. And then, uh, unfortunately, he got hurt and he had to pull out. But I remember, like, training long hours with him. Like, I, when he decided to go into MMA, I was, like, his main training partner because jiu-jitsu is, like, you ground game like that's what MMA is so we would train jiu-jitsu but then he would add some MMA moves in and then we had like an octagon in that gym so we would go in that ring and like fight it out like I, would, I was I would punch him I would just put pressure on him and he would like create scenarios that he had to escape and we trained so much and it was really fun but at one point I'm like like that's my brother's dream like he wants to be a, a fighter like that's not really my thing I kind of I'm here because I train because I'm here that's why I do it. Yeah. And I, I kind of enjoy like spending time with my brother. It was fun. But then I, at one point I got so sick of like, Eric, do this, Eric, do that, not getting paid. And like having the whole new gym that Pat saw, like that part where oh, it was yeah, snatched, yeah. like not being able to use that for my dreams. And I, I worked so hard to bring him that, that I couldn't, couldn't do anything with it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. And at that point I did have clients and I would do in-home sessions. So I would go to people's houses yeah. train them I remember that, that's the beginning of his BS that's what yeah, the beginning man. and that's where like that's where it took off of me working pro physio me uh, like getting money being able to pay my rent and then being able to reinvest in myself and buy my first piece of equipment with my brother and like changing our basement my yeah, shout yeah. out to my parents like changing that into like a home gym and then building your clientele uh, and I was like fortunate too. Like my family was in, in martial arts like our whole life. Like I, my dad put us all three, me and my brothers in karate. Like I remember when I was four years old. Like that's when I first cool. started karate. Cobra Kai. Or? Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's, what's your favorite team? Like yeah, I'm yeah, on the series Galore. Cobra Kai or Miyagi Do? 
Miyagi-Do, definitely. My, if you ask my dad, my dad loves that movie. Like, every time he, he's alone at home watching a movie, it's fucking... Uh, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. And then I asked him, like, did you like the new show? He's like, I didn't like it. Oh. Wow. But my dad's, like, an OG, like, old Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Like, my dad My dad is a... He's actually a... a I don't... I think he's a fifth-degree black belt. Like, my oh, dad wow. teaches karate. My dad has his own club. Nice. Club, karate club. Like, he, he does it out of my brother's gym. Um, Do you want to shout out his business? Yeah, it'd be good. Martial arts uh, on uh, Taylor Street in Taylor Street. In like, so, so your dad works out of your yeah. So okay, my, my, cool. my dad my dad has like two two uh, karate classes where he has like his client like his OG black belts. Like he they, there's a lot so there's cool, more man. black belts and brown belts and it's like a little wow. community. Like nice. my, just to show that my dad does it like just because he loves it. Like yeah. he charges so much. Like he charges cheap. It's super affordable for every family to do it and my dad just loves it so like i started there and um and then like yeah i, I oh you're just like kind of we're, I, we were like you're talking about your dad and like yeah you're sorry just, man I, we talked to the ranch just talking about your home gym and your oh family. yeah and then home gym and then yeah i just want to say something real quick like because so basically you had a side hustle really like sbs was a side yeah hustle, sbs right? was a side hustle do you have kind of any advice for people who are just starting their business that way you know what i mean like uh who have side hustles just like maybe like i would a say, little tangent real quick i would say don't start a business if you want to make more money okay oh don't yes do you appreciate it oh too. man can don't do Did that we just become best friends because <laughs> <laughs> if you're getting into it and into the like side hustle and like, yes, if you want to make more money, like, it's a solution, but you're not going to last. Like, you got to go into something that you love doing. Yeah. That yeah. if you're not getting paid, that you still love it, and then you still show up. And that's the thing, though. There's some some stuff that, some services that you can't really love to do, but you got to do them, you know what I mean? Like Sometimes. You know what I mean? For, I'll give an example. I don't want to give an example, actually, because I don't want to, like, say anything like yeah there, but like we got some lawyers that yeah we got some uh, <laughs> yeah we're, we're still building our team we're only at yeah. five right now <laughs> um but you know what i mean like it's not probably not fun to to pick up shit or something like that you know what i mean like there's some tasks that like i think like you need to do, do we need this... like it, especially for a startup like for, yeah you are you, like we're very i think in both such a similar situation it's yeah. like oh i gotta learn how to do my taxes because it's a lot of like behind the scenes like um starting a business it's not just like rainbows and sunshine it's like there's some times that, that you don't get yeah, that's <laughs> uh, it's like there, sometimes you just have to like spend hours at your desk working on like your your taxes filing your gst Making sure that your clients pay you, making sure that everything's running good. Like just there's so much things going on behind the scene that if you're doing it alone, it's 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 a lot and you you need to know how to manage your time and book your things and set goals and stay on track. Because if you don't follow those things, you fall off track and then your your business doesn't get income and then you fail and you you, you go bankrupt. So definitely starting a side hustle is you need to love it. You love it. And that's what I was doing. Like I had my morning clients. Um, I was working at Prophysio with clientele, um, with people that are getting injured, doing exercise. And I told myself, like, I love what I do right now, but it's not what I want to do. So, okay. Like I love teaching people how to squat. I love teaching pe people how to like work around knee pain or, or improve knee pain and stuff like that. Like 
I love it, but it's not what I want to do. I want to be in the gym. I want to be throwing up weights. That's what I did. That's the, the old powerlifter in me. Like, I want to yeah. be strong. I want to be functional. I want to be mobile. Like, that's what I want to be. And then that's when I started. Like, I paid off my student do- loans. My parents let us build a gym in the house. So, like, even when I was working at Prophysio, I had clients before, after in my home gym. Like, that's in really the basement. Cool, and uh, at that point, like, we... Uh, we outgrew that that place and we started teaching at another place. I did boot camp there and then we kind of went our separate ways from there. My brother started his own gym um, by himself, like his old, the same model that we did in, in which is a great mo- model of business plan that he did in, in Canada. So that's what he did. And at that point, at that point I was working extremely hard. I kind of got burnt out of like working countless hours at my personal business and uh working full-time at a uh at pro physio and then at that time i, I was able to like let go two of my shifts at pro physio and still work there like kind of part-time and do my business but i was still i, I hit a, a wall there and yeah. that's where like everything like i wasn't able to manage my time at the end of the day like i was up until like 3 a.m not realizing that i need to be in bed because i need to have a client at 6 a.m and then not sleeping and i burnt out and th- at that point me and my girlfriend, we just went on a trip down to Mexico, took a week off. At that point, like for me, I, I'm a huge believer in taking time off. Yeah. If you take a week, trust me, you're going to come back more productive. You're going to come back with better ideas. And that's when I was in, in, in Mexico, I had time to reflect on my goals and my why and what do I want to do? What's the next step for SPS? And then um, I, I ended up saying like, hey, like that, the whole online training thing was, was becoming something. I think that was like end of 2017, early 2018. And like prior to going on my trip, I did sign up on the online training academy from uh, Jonathan Goodman. Like he, a, a whole class for online training. And uh, like I, I bought the, the class, but I never did it. Like I was so busy with everything else. And yeah. I'm like, I was in, in Mexico and I'm like, you know what? When I'm coming back, I'm finishing that and I'm doing something with it. So I finished that class and then I got the idea of the business plan and then I was able to grow an online business, bring clients online. So now I wasn't working countless hours in the morning and I was able to kind of convert some of the clients online, teach them through my the app that I had um, with videos, explanations, sets, reps. I was able to get more in-person clients too. At, in hybrid too. In hybrid training. So like, like, were you taking a lot of your clients when you started that you were, that they were comfortable you're taking from in-person to a hybrid and then to a on- online or? It depends. If it's someone that's like really advanced and they just need that extra push, you can go from in-person to online and keep them really? keep them maintained there. But sometimes you get people that, um, that want to like, uh, like learn how to lift and then make sure they're doing it good and then on their own. So that's where I brought in hybrid training. Cool. And it hybrid, like th- those are models were uh, used all yeah. over the world. Like now, they're popular, right? They're really popular. They started in uh, um, in the UK and the US first, and then kind of like some Canadians took it. And I started in two thousand eighteen, and I grew my business online, which brought me to being able to open my own location just yeah. earlier this month, uh, this year. Uh, shout out to that. Congrats, and man, shout great out location. Great thank location. you. Yeah. So, so that's like what really was a game changer for me. It's like as a personal trainer, you're going to work countless hours. And as a personal trainer, if you work at a big box gym, 
you're gonna not gonna make all your money they're gonna keep most of it um and i always had the motto of like i work better when i'm not distracted because i can focus 100 percent of my attention on my client yeah and um that was my model like I don't want to have a gym where there's a bunch of different trainers all doing different types of training. I want to do the training that I learned and I like the, the, the training for me, it's not like for a specific niche. Everybody can do my training because my dad that's 60 years old does the same training and same principle that I, I apply for someone that um, like my brother, when he, he, he trained it, he did his fight. He was doing, I helped him with, to prepare for that fight and with the training and it was the same model functional training progressively overload and like make sure you have the basics down it the, the goal is not to be strong to stronger tomorrow is to be stronger when you're 30 years like yeah, it's 40 the end years, years, 80, 50 yeah. years one year that's yeah, the yeah. goal because well like if you're if you want to do powerlifting great that's fun it's a fun sport but if your goal is to be as strong as possible like some people are like crazy strong well, you could look at Julius Maddox who like did bench press eight hundred pounds. Exactly. So, but it's competing is not healthy. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, competing is not healthy. Like exactly. I know for myself, like I'm competing provincially and hopefully national nationally, and nationally it, definitely. Yeah, at one point, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's go. I'm um, your time. No, yeah, yeah. But it's not sustainable for a long period of time. No. No. So exactly. that like that you're able to like bring that and understand like hey, the, and everyone needs. A foundation and strong yeah. wider your foundation higher the peak exactly and that you you're able to bring value to that my big question for you is like you're, we're talking a lot about business and I think it's great because you started like dog on a leash in a gym that never wanted to let your leash out you had to take the collar out basically yeah. that's an analogy I'm going to use um, <laughs> love analogies mm -hmm. um, do you think like my question is like do you think that a big experience there gives you the best progression now because you understand like what it was working for nothing because like now that like, you're very like from all the conversation you're very delicate and you understand like now you take any step to make sure you're going to grow in the right direction yeah um i saw i saw it like i can't remember i'm a hard worker yeah i'm, I'm not afraid to say like i remember when i was working at timmy's i would always tell people like before I left, I was I would always say I wouldn't leave at the end of my ship. My dad always taught me to go up to the whoever's in charge and say anything else before I go, and that's where I got like my my work ethic. And every time that I worked for someone, I always told myself I can do it better. I can do it better than you. So like, why am I working for you if I can do it better? And that's nice. when I worked so, like, when I worked in Canada. I saw how he did his business, and I'm like, I wouldn't do it like that. Like I would do it di like this way. I, that would be better than what you're doing and that guy would like if you told him a business idea no he was in it for longer than you he he knows it better but like it's like you need that's to, poisonous exactly you need to adapt and that's, always learn it and always change so that's where I left and that that you're able to see that man right away and you're like you gotta adapt you gotta adapt mm -hmm. now you're constantly adapting yeah. exactly and that's that's the what I told for my business I told my business like like for me, I want to do it better, and this is I want to I want to do it. I don't want to do it like Good Life and Movadi, because once you go there, your client needs to pay the membership, and then they need to pay the extra fees to do personal training. It's like no, that's if someone comes for personal training, they should just pay for personal training, yeah. and that's what I did. Like my gym is a place where someone can pay for the personal training, no extra fees, and train. And then as time progresses, they can be more independent, 
and then go online and I mm -hmm. keep working online with them. Um, or if they want to do the hybrid and, and do a bit of both. That's, that's like, I find if you do go see a personal trainer for a year, it's going to be extremely, and the insurance is not covered by the insurance. So that's why like, it's a luxury. Yeah. It's not everybody that, that wants, that can afford personal training, but everybody needs personal training. Everybody needs guidance. Dude, we should go lobby to get that added on to the uh, health benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you, if anybody knows a lobbyist. <laughs> but sometimes if you just talk to your physio and ask him what, like if let's say you go into an accident and your insurance is paying for your your, uh, your physio and you're not getting it better, ask your physio, what do you think about strength training? Would that help? If that they can prove that strength training can help your injuries. It's been proven that strength... I know, but like I'm telling you, if you want to get through insurance, go oh, see yeah. your physio, tell your physio. Like, that's only if you you have insurance covering you for yeah. like uh, an injury that you got. You tell your, oh, you yeah, talk yeah. to your physio, you ask them, do you think strength training will help? If they do agree, tell them to speak to your adjuster and refer personal training. That's how you get covered. Yeah. Like, I have oh, clients cool. that their insurance are paying for the personal training and they're getting... Back to work faster than ever. Yeah. Like I've worked with one of my clients. She couldn't. She couldn't put two pounds over her head, and but she had full range of motion. She needed strength training, and in a period of like just under a year, we brought her from not even being able to put two pounds over her head to pressing fifteen pounds for fifteen reps, wow. which that was the goal because she's she's she was a drywaller. She needed to hold a, sh a sheet over her head and her drills twelve pounds. She needed to be that to do that for at least one sheet, which is fifteen screws. So like. She can do one set, right? Do another. She's not alone when she does it. So like, yeah. she she had the goal of going back to work, and that's what we did. And her insurance covered it. Yeah. So there's cool. a way of doing it. It's just most people don't know that. Like they think that they, they I have just no idea. keep going to to physio, keep going to Cairo. Yes, it helps, but sometimes that extra push of actually learning how to move properly and lifting the appropriate way is gonna bring you it's, it's, give you that extra. It's bad because like it's our system, right? That creates that sense of like lack of education mm -hmm. right like uh we were talking about it with mike yeah. and like a lot of people are not willing to give out right so like that you that someone is like hey like i just want to be in the best hands possible mm -hmm. hey get some strength and conditioning or like go see that person right mm -hmm. when people are just like oh i want to keep it i want to keep it yeah i want to keep it i, I see in the future benefits covering personal training yeah, long term. Yeah. I see that. I, I see that. Someone, especially if you're working from home, you're not doing like now. Like we're in a different, like Completely this different. is a new part of history. Like yep. when our kids are going to be in school, they're going to talk about the 2020 pandemic. Seriously. Yeah. So like right now, people are not doing the commute to work anymore. People that are working from home, they're moving significantly less than they they did before. So I feel like eventually it's going to get to the point where, as an excuse to get out and move insurance should cover personal training i think we'll see that next 10 20 years maybe. oh yeah calling it now calling give me, it now give me a year uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's gonna be very important because like it's the best way to have impact right because by the way i'm gonna trademark this um just before this podcast goes out so if you steal my idea i will sue your ass <laughs> <laughs> I love how serious you were there. I was just like, no, the person in the car driving right now feels so attacked. They look at their rearview mirror. Shit, shit. They probably just look at their rearview mirror right now. Yeah. Um, yeah I just, hey, look for it. Look for it. Yeah. Keep your eyes on the road. Pop out. Uh, I just wanted to loop back to to kind of 
attach both our questions that that are both our past questions. Like, it's cool. You, you just mentioned we're in a different, completely different environment. Yeah. You know, society's very different right now. Mm-hmm. And what you said about the the hybrid training, bringing everything online. Yeah. Like at first, people didn't want to participate in that. It wasn't cool. Like people didn't do that. But no, they didn't see the benefit of it. Yeah, and you seen like let's talk about how you, in you said 2017 you started bringing clients online. Yeah, end of 2017. That's where I got like my two first online clients, and I would work online with them. So two and a half, three years before the actual pandemic, where now yeah. some personal trainers don't have a choice; they have to go online. You seen the future of where where that business could 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 go like yeah. I, i'm a big fan of innovation so yeah. when i see someone innovate and and think of a creative solution for and see something that's like years ahead of what what, what it what mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. some special man so i just want you know it's what you did is amazing man yeah. Yeah. thank you I, is your clients like what the like the demography of your clients like online online uh, Should we get our lawyers first before you? Yeah, do it's kind of, like, I don't want to like expose my clients with their age, but no, no, like, like my my, are my like, clientele. I should ranges. say like athletic de- demography. Like from are they very athletic? Because another question I can't. No, I'm <laughs> Next I, question. I like, like, there's two different things you can do online. Like I remember when I first started. Like there's the the you get a specific niche and you market to that specific niche and all your clients have this one problem that same program that that you do like i didn't really like that the way that i did my online training is i would work with people in person teach them how to move properly make sure they understand and then help them online and maintain that because back to what i was saying earlier like if you do personal training it's a luxury costs us a lot of money so my goal is not to drain my clients pockets it's to use that first two months at a reasonable price to get you in the right path, understanding what you need to do in the gym, moving properly, and then that one month that they would pay with the trainer, they can use it to pick, cover the rest of the year online. Cool. So that's how I, I do cool, it. Cool, nice. Because like, it's nice to see, because my big question was, because there's, as we know in powerlifting or yeah, powerlifting, it, CrossFit, yeah. or Strongman, whatever, they yeah. often have an online coach because yeah. they are they want the best coach or they want that specific yeah. program. But that you're able to bring that to like, hey, individualized programming online. Yeah. Hey, come with me for a session or two or a month or yeah. two. Yeah. I'm going to give you the education, the understanding of this. Now, you, here's the program and then we'll meet in conversation. Exactly. Because like, uh, I feel like a lot of online training during the pandemic, I did gain a lot of clients that came from me but from other trainers asking me, how do you do online training? And in my questionnaire, I always ask, did you ever work for someone else? What went wrong? And... Like, they didn't like their online training. They would get an Excel spreadsheet. They would have to Google every single exercise, mm-hmm. make sure that they're doing it right. And then online, there's a bunch of different videos. Variations. Who knows if it's that specific variation that you want them to do. Bench press. There's exactly. like 20,000 ways to bench press. Exactly. Is it, are you going to do a competition powerlifting bench or are you going to do a typical bodybuilder bench press to isolate the chest? Like That's that's the thing between two. But when I first started doing online training and when I did my certification for online trainer um, from Jonathan Goodman, they taught us how to do it properly, how to assess, how to keep your clients accountable, how to progress exercise, how what like how to create a base that's going to work with everyone and adapt, change a couple of things. And that's what I did. Like, it worked perfectly for me. So all my online training, there's videos there. I do form check on like weekly, even daily if you need to. Um, you can message me throughout the app. Like my online training is 
different than just the Excel sheet that I sent you. Like, yeah. you're going to see me face-to-face over camera at least once a month. You're going to be uh, sending me videos of your form just to make sure that you're doing the proper one. Um, so that that's how I do my online training. Like, I kind of do it differently. So that's like... I. Sometimes people are like, oh, like, no, I don't want to do online training, but it's, they don't understand whatever, like, if online training is done properly, it can bring you so much more valuable content rather than just, like, do three sets of dead bugs. Yeah. What the heck is a dead bug? At least in the video, I can specialize, like, customize the video for the client and be like, since, like, doing, example, like, I do it in a client press, it's desk workers. He told me that he like has a bit of shoulder impingement. I'm not gonna make him do a regular incline dumbbell press. Mm-hmm. Maybe if if he can try neutral grip incline dumbbell press, maybe that will be better on his shoulders. So like things like that that you can change and adapt the video uh, videos and customize them more for the client. And that's what I do. Like every single program that I give, you won't see this the same person on the same program. Everything's customized. So that's what, like that's what you were saying. Like yeah, customization brings you a long way rather than just clicking and buying a twenty nine ninety nine program online that's gonna give you a big chest. Yeah. Like, Sounds like quality wise you're like really up higher than, I try to be. I than try to you be. know those bulk programs or you know like it's it's really cool yeah. that you individualize so much. Like man. eventually I would like to do bulk programs. Like yeah I, I wanna do one for like the posture, like one for so that would be uh, stuff like that. Sign me up. Yeah. Man. So I'm like that the, it, yeah, it, you, you need it. Oh you look at me right now, man. <laughs> but if you have like a, a specific like a, a program is there to solve a, a problem, but sometimes people they don't have a problem. They just they've been doing something wrong for so long that they it, it's put them in a wrong position, and now they need special customization f- to their program to help them fix that. And that's when online training is good for them. But like if you're just someone that's looking for an extra push in a program, and you've been in the gym and you don't have any pain and everything's been good and you don't want to change anything, you just want to change. That program is going to bring you benefit, but for someone that's like has already has pain, but they want to lose weight, but then they try this program and it doesn't work, and then they lose motivation and they fall off track. It's like just finding an online coach or an online trainer. He's going to help you guide you in the right position, right path to succeed and lose weight and keep the weight off, and not just lose weight for the next twelve weeks and then you're not with the trainer. What do you do now? You gain the weight back. It's like finding a good coach will help you bring you on the right path and and I think it's special too that you're so transparent with with how you structure your programs and like I think people that are listening are really going to appreciate it like oh well, well, this guy's keeping it real he's just being honest and like some people probably have no idea about individualized like online training like no it, it's you know? really new it's really new and perception I, is off like everybody yeah. thinks it's it's that it's that bulk program right like yeah, it's that, yeah. that's that's what it's being shared right yeah, yeah. it's and like muscle okay. um, men's health or like you see that a lot or like get that spreadsheet or get that program yeah we've all done the bodybuilding one of yeah bodybuilding.com and like right? i'm like i my first like when i got into powerlifting weightlifting there was like when i stopped working with you mm-hmm. i was like oh let's do this program more let's build my own program with those additions or mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah, you pay 30 bucks, but like you don't understand really like mm-hmm. what's the worth of that 30 bucks. Exactly. What's the depth on that yeah. compared to Eric's yeah. service? Like or if you, something customizable. Yeah, like yeah. if you have like, let's say like you were saying, like a powerlifting goal, you want to be as strong as possible. Well, bench squat deadlift doesn't like, you know how to, your, what your competition lift is. Yeah. But yes, if you use this progression on your set reps and volume and 
all those different changing things to, to taper you and peak you for your meet, yeah, an online program will work. For a specific goal in a specific sport, yes, it's going to work. But if you're just a, a, an average Joe that just wants to either lose weight or get stronger or move better or improve your posture or just like do something more specific to like your goals, mm -hmm. finding an online coach is, is the way to go. And I think so, that's the weird thing because like, I talk with my dad a lot about training because my dad's getting into training. Mm -hmm. And he's like very non-specific. So he's just going to, he looks online for non-specific workout or online mm -hmm. bulk training. It's a sad thing that like average Joes don't understand that, hey, you need to be specific because like, mm -hmm. this is life. You're playing the game of life. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you see athletes are going to be very specific or too much specific. Mm -hmm. And it's the, like, but they're the 1%, so like scratch those. Yeah. we got to make sure like there's the education to the average Joes that like need to play the game of life right. Because mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people are it's nice that you're able to offer customization and personalization program mm -hmm. and that you're like, even your social media is getting better for that too. Of like yeah. educating, educating people on like, uh, I try, I haven't posted in a while. Like for me, this year was kind of like, I, like you were saying, I'm not transparent. Like this year, like we're in a different part of history. Like COVID happened. I had to shut the doors of my new gym for three months and thankfully I was ready for my online training and I just put everybody there prepared? and I was prepared and I was able to keep paying my bills and keep doing my thing. And now it's like, we're coming, we're approaching the end of the year. And it's like, I feel like I only had half of that year open, right? Because like most of it was closed. So it kind of like prepared me to, to do what I do. But we're definitely in a different part in history right now. And now that nobody, like, you know, when all the gyms were closed, everybody started building home gyms. Everybody started doing this. But like... It's, it's different building a home gym with like, oh, I saw this on Pinterest. This looks cool. Rather than building a gym based on your goals. Like, yeah. if your goal is to be a good runner, um, why are you going to grab a big power rack? Like, like that's a lot of space for your, your it's home a lot of gym. Money too. Get a collapsible rig or get a stand. Or maybe you could do more goblet squats with a kettlebell and it'll take less space. Like, there's other variation if you understand the training that you need to do. Like running, yes, barbell will help you run, but you're already compressing your spine when you run, if you run a lot, yeah. adding more weights, right? Like if you do a goblet front squat, that's going to add less pressure. Yeah. So just like if you know what you need to do for your goals, building a home gym is better. But I feel like now that the gyms were closed and everybody started working out from home and not getting influenced by other exercises that people do at the gym and now losing creative creativity and then going online and looking up and then not knowing what to do, that's the time to get an online trainer, get an online trainer, send him a picture of your home gym, explain to him, talk to him about your goals and he's going to help you get everything done. Like if you have a trainer, all you need to do is open the app at SVS, <laughs> you just open your app, you follow the program and you're off with your day. Like That's it's, cool. it's, uh, like I hope like I'm, I'm, I'm just getting into it. Like this year was tough. Yeah. Also like right before I opened the gym, I had knee surgery from a jujitsu injury and then I opened my gym, couldn't do much exercise because I was still recovering from my knee and then about to recover from my knee and then pandemic and then using the pandemic to just get better, do extra courses and just making the time because I was, I was good. I was with my clients yeah. um, online. So 
it's it's a different part of history so now i'm just getting back into like the groove of like posting regularly and i got a bunch of new projects and ideas coming so stay tuned cool man cool. well respect for surviving that because that's yeah a, it's a tough challenge as a as an entrepreneur i'm sure yeah it's it you could like some like i, I there's other places like when i was building my gym and looking for a location there's some things that i i could have done that if i did i would have had to close down and I was like, when I did open my gym and being an entrepreneur that's by himself, like no other business partner, it's I pay the bills, nobody else is going to pay my bills. I had to be really strategic with where I locate and what I do and what I buy. So um, I'm, I was in a position where like I was totally fine for the, the quarantine. I didn't, like I could have, it could have been worse. And for the business that did close, I'm not saying they're bad business owners. It's just... Like sometimes like restaurants that still need to pay their big income, but they can't have the amount of walk-ins that they usually have, that's going to affect them. But I was prepared, like you said, online and I was able to just transfer everybody there, work. Um, and now like look at everybody, like everybody's online. All the trainers started offering online training and I kind of just sit back and there are some trainers that like I find they do get a lot of clients, but then... They, they just send Excel sheets, the same program, the same things that they're doing, the same meals that they're eating. Like nutrition shouldn't be, like my motto is like, don't, don't give meal plans. That's like most of it. Like during quarantine, I got so many people messaging me like, what do you think about this meal plan from this? What do you think about this? It's like, is it going to work for you? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like what's your lifestyle? What are your habits? It's, it, it's a shame that like everybody went online, but some people are getting tricked with the same marketing scheme and yeah. do this program for this and it's not working for them because it's the same program that everybody else is doing, you know? Yeah. You need more personalization. Do you think, like, the the pandemic increased the level of awareness of folks? Like, more people knowing about the business? No, not about the business. Like, not only your business, but in general, of like, their physical activity. Yeah, I, have, like, I have a lot of people that are like... We're talking about like people buying gyms or doing this, but they probably just don't know what they need, right? So like, yeah. it's, it's important for us to create awareness in that sense. And if you didn't do... like I'm a strong believer. If, if you didn't do... If you didn't increase the level of awareness of your client while you're working with them face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. you failed them. 100%, yeah. man. You, some, some you taught me, man. Awareness, yeah. like uh, yeah. being a little bit more aware about things like... It's a, it's a it's a great skill to have, man. It changed yeah. a lot for me, anyway. So. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people now that they're working from home, they must have gained a couple of pounds, and they don't realize like that walk to your car every morning and that walk from your car to your office that morning. Like you burn a lot of calories doing that. Like, like six thousand for me to get to the office. Six thousand steps. Six thousand exactly. Yeah. So like if you all those six thousand steps that you do now you're doing like fifteen steps from your bed to your kitchen to work for the next eight hours like people are, are moving significantly less and more people are getting into and realizing like wow i need to move more and it's a shame now that like everybody's buying dumbbells everybody's buying bands everybody's buying fitness equipment that they actually brought the prices up yeah oh like, dude, did you see the dumbbell prices on amazon yeah I, like amazon don't if you buy your dumbbell price don't like go to your local fitness shop yeah. they'll have some at the, the regular price but if you're looking on Facebook market, if you're looking on Kichiji, people are marking their prices up. Like, like I remember, by example, I paid, I paid my dumbbells before 
when I opened my gym, I think I paid like a dollar fifteen per pound. Now they're like three fifty a pound. I I seen five five dollars five dollars and twenty twenty cents. It's crazy. Pound. That's that's freaking it's crazy. crazy. Like if it's a, a bumper plate, like people are. It's it's so crazy, and I was thankful. Like I had all, I had all my equipment before, but some of my clients right now they're like, I need equipment for my house, and I'm having such a hard time finding one at like an affordable price, like pre quarantine. So that's a shame, but yeah. that's a shame. But man, at the same time, it's about time that people realize the importance of their health. Yeah, and because they realize also that like you don't need equipment. Your body wants that too, but like at three three dollar fifty a pound. Mm-hmm. For a dumbbell, it's just like, oh, okay, motherfucker. It's like that's the cost. Of- that's the cost of your life now. Yeah. Because if you didn't take, if we like, we're 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 meatheads at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. we we understand the value of like, oh, what's a, the price of a dumbbell? What's the price of that? What's the price if I don't train? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's the price of this? Oh, okay. Actually, I'm gonna train all the time. Yeah. So if like, I think we both uh, we yeah. all we're in the same boat of like creating awareness and like increase like, oh, okay, it's important to lift weights. It's important to be strong. It's important now. It's important to move. move. Now that like we invested that time that it, the, for us buying a thing at three fifty, it's just like, we're going to wait because we, we bought in what it was a dollar a pound. Exactly. exactly. And, and I think like there's a lot of like, if we're talking about like market trends, I think it's a great time to be in the fitness industry. I'm sure they, there's been super, a superb amount of growth in that sector. Yeah. And, and it, it's not going to stop, man. You know, like I think people are still going to try and get equipment in their houses. Yeah. And that's, that's a business model like you that can capitalize on that because exactly. I think attendance yeah. at the gyms are going to lower. Like, out. And exactly. Right? I think they're going to lower. And, and if you get them in here, bro, you train them here and then they have yeah. their own setup at their place. Exactly. Yeah. Like so that's like, a model that would succeed. In, and especially like your system, your, it's a personal training studio. So it, it's just you and your client. You and yeah. your client. So like, let's, say, let's say you have 20 clients, but they're all those twenties coming them once at, at on their own on their own on the yeah, week, right? With you, disinfected, everything's clean, so like everything's safe. So you it don't have to make like, sh- exactly. You can all you, you. don't have to worry about running into other people. Yeah, it's just you and your trainer. That's it. Yeah. And to anybody li- still listening right now, that is stuck <laughs> working from home, that wants that that just been tell like for the next year you're working from home. Here's the money for your office, your home office. Use that space to build an office, but then also consider the amount of money you're saving from your traveling. You're not buying that extra coffee at, on, on the way to work. You're making coffee from home. You're not buying that extra gas for the, for the trip to work. Invest in yourself. Use that money. Go see a personal trainer. Come see us at Strong Body System. We'll set you up with our own program. It's, it's, the money that you're saving from working from home, reinvest it into your health. That's what I'm trying to say. Use that time and use your lunch break to work out and eat right after because the kitchen is like literally 50 steps away from you. Reinvest that money into yourself if you want to live longer. Because if you're going to work from home for the next, let's say, five years, five years is a big difference, especially in your posture, in your health. Move. Get up and move. Invest in yourself. That's what <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, we'll cut that. We'll make an ad for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you say, boys? I don't know, man. What'd you say? You want to close this one up? We or? can close this one up and go yes, on another can. one and talk about more like where you want to see your business in the next couple of years. And Unless you want to answer that one right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I want to see my business in the next couple of years. Yeah, next, what do you want to do, five or yeah. ten? Or? Let's, let's go three. Let's go in the next three, three years. Three years. I got some more questions about like you can keep oh, asking. Oh yeah, we'll keep asking. Can I yeah, sorry, dude. I, it looks like you wanted to shut it down. Can I just take a pee break?
Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's I'll answer, I'll answer, I'll answer that. that question after the pee. Here, we'll pause it. Yeah. Okay, thanks. It's on. It's on. Okay. So, Eric, how was your piss? It was good. It was good? It was really relaxing. <laughs> Less pressure on the bladder. <laughs> so, before the pee break, um, I asked you the question of um, what's the best... <laughs> I love oh, how sorry. you just opened that up. Eric, how was your pee? Oh, sorry. I had to open it. Um, how, what's your pee? Did you want to pee? No. no okay. Um, so, I asked you, where do you see your business in the next three years? Yeah. Where I see my business in the next three years? Um... I don't know, if you ask me now and there's no second wave and we're not closing down, I see my business as still at the same location, a um, couple more pieces of equipment uh, added, two new services that I want to add soon that cool. are in the books that I'm working on. Do um, you want to tease those? Mm, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a daily workout, you'll have the service for you. Just cool. a daily workout just to move more. Okay. It's coming. Nice. Nice. Um, nice. But yeah, I see that and I, I see myself um, working with like two other trainers. Okay. Definitely. Like not just like trainers renting the gym, like trainers working alongside with me and using the same programs that I like the same philosophy. So like system. It, would would it be months. like a bit more like a mentorship program? Uh, it could be. Could be a mentorship or it could be like if someone's really knowledgeable and wants to work as in a team of like-minded individual like that could be an option too i don't know for now like now it's i'm gonna keep growing um like i have a new trainer that, that that's renting my gym i see me and him like working together and maybe growing with other trainers um but for that's where i see it. but if there's a second pandemic and like things are getting shut down again and it, they're taking it more seriously this time I think I'm gonna maybe try to go more in the um, like invest in like a property with a big garage where I can put my equipment there and offer my online services and work one on one. Cool. That could be my second option. Like I know they say in business you shouldn't have two plans. You should always go for one and aim. And if you fail, you keep going for that same goal. But sometimes in life you need to be strategic and Ooh. smart. Do you want to resign a three year lease and? not be able to cover all those uh, those payments and then it's scary yeah it's scary so like and then they take your car they take your house so i think maybe if we do go into like a second quarantine and things are getting shut down i think i'm going to go the safer route and invest into a property and yeah. put my gym on it i think that's no. the move that's cool and don't worry about having a plan a plan b i think like if you're like because you're you're very much like entrepreneur personality type mm -hmm. so is pat yeah uh myself as well i think yeah uh, and dude, I have so many ideas all the time. So yeah. it's like, you know, uh, it's I actually wrote one during this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I've seen it right down on the yeah. notes. It's cool. Well, like that, that's the thing. Right? It's very neat. It needs to like adapt and evolve too. Right. To like, yeah. create some sense of sustainability. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and like, I feel like you're doing it right the right way right now. Definitely. And like, I could, I speak the same way right now. Like I'm, I'm renting a space yeah. out of it instead of a gym. And it's kind of scary of like, moving forward with the pandemic or if there's one, if there's another second wave or not. And for you that you're actually on contract here, yeah, like it needs to be the next move is going to be very strategic. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it needs to be, if not like you, you either plan to succeed or you plan to fail. Yeah. That's, that's what you plan. Right? You plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead. Yeah. Plan ahead, man. Like I, I remember when I, I was working with other people, I would like, I'm always like an overthinker. I always think ahead of things and they're like, oh, why are you thinking so much ahead? And it's like, you need to because 
what's your end goal? Yes, you have your, your yearly goal, but is that goal bringing you closer to your goal that you set yourself for five years from now? Like, yeah. Is, no. it, is that five years time span setting you up for your goal in 10 years? Like, that's what you need to ask yourself. It's not just this year, this is my goal. No, this year is going to help me bring me closer to my main goal, which is the thing that's going to bring me to my ultimate goal when I'm 60 years old, when I'm retired, when I have everything that I want, you know? So it's yeah. like planning ahead and making sure that you remind yourself, like goal writing every night, just write your goals and yeah. stick to them, you know? Exactly what Pat said. Like, honestly, uh, I'm going to piggyback on this comment, like strategic thinking, strategic yeah. thinking. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like for individuals with our personality type, I think uh, with the amount of ideas and the amount of uh, different things that we have in our going on, right? We all, oh, okay. One day it's this one day it's that. Um, I think it's it's really important to also see the long game, and yeah. I think maybe that's a general ge generational issue as well. Like uh, that, uh, a lot of people I find my age or, or our age, it's like we got to play the long game more. I think, mm -hmm. and I think what what I can ramble, I can ramble through life for five years on, without having a a goal or a place that I, I want to be, or I could actually ask myself so, those deep questions that I'm scared to answer and say. You know, what do I want to be? What exactly. do I want? And then, then I could use those five years to grind towards yeah. that objective. Right? And one thing that our generation didn't learn enough is to be patient. Oh, oh yeah. Man, we, we, we always thought, up, wow. We grew up in the, in the, yeah. the well, generation of you had Wi-Fi. If your Wi-Fi didn't load fast enough, you lost your page, you know? Yeah. I think that's like an example. So oh. be patient. Work for something. But and it's, it's weird because like, we never experienced boredom anymore. Oh, you're always stimulated. You're always, stim you're always so stimulated, so it's kind of hard for... My philosophy behind that is the older you get, like there's 24 hours in a day, the older you get, the shorter it seems. <sighs> yeah. Because when wow. you were a kid, you would, yeah. you would go to bed at like 8, and like the, the, like I remember going to bed, I'm like, oh my god, this day was long. Like I was in school, this day is long. But now as I'm getting older, I, I realize like, I don't have to, like, I don't watch TV anymore because I just don't have time. Yeah. Like, and you don't I, sometimes I'm like, either. shit, it's already 10.30 p.m. I need to go to bed. Like, I don't see time go because, like, every, if you have goals and you're always working towards those goals, time goes, like, by well, fast. It's, it's purpose, right? It's purpose. It, it speaks about purpose, about intent of what you mm -hmm. do, right? Yeah. Like, you, you, we both know, like, if we watch for, for, for our situation... Like, we watch TV for an hour or two hours, it's like, oh, fuck, I should have probably booked a client or I should have probably do something to create something instead of taking two hours off. Yeah. And, how, like, that's a that's something that I would call, like, entrepreneurial guilt. Yeah. How, oh, do, you, how do you guys deal with that? I mean, what, what do you guys do to manage that? Like, it's kind of very hard to, like, actually stop thinking like this. Like, for, for myself, I'm like... Losing time, you mean? Like... Uh, no, just, like, yeah, the, guilt the like, entrepreneurial guilt, like, you're... You're like, oh, for example, the perfect perfect example. The other the other day, a few weeks back, I texted you and you're like, I'm like, it's like 10 o'clock and I called you. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I got to film these videos tonight, man. I got to get yeah, them done. Yeah. So I'm talking about the guilt of not getting that task done and how yeah. you deal with it. Like, well, you well, I was saying like, I got, you got to stop having that guilt, right? Like, I, it was hard for me at first because like, I was like that a lot. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Like. You got to still stay, if I don't, if I keep having that guilt, I'm not enjoying the present. Okay. Like, it's very, yeah, I got my five years, two years, a year goal. Yeah. But ideally work, like, if I'm not in the best position for myself, like, I can't be 
100%. good for my client. Hundred percent. Yeah. So like that's how I see it for me. Like, you just disconnect. You're, I, I you're gotta like, like. All right, I'm off the clock. Yeah. Uh, even like if something would cool would happen, let's say, um, like let's say Renell comes home early or we're both off. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, there's nothing going done today. Yeah. Focus on, on focus on being the personal life. Yeah, the relationship. Yeah, the relationship. I, I had a hard cool, time right? with that before. Like me, I, I used to always work, right? Because I was I was always in Canada, come back, train, train, yeah, work, especially work on my business, days, have my clients, so. yeah. And it's really like I didn't I knew how to like have a schedule and, and go about it, but I didn't know how to like set up things to be more like like to, to set goals for your days. And that's what I focus on today. And once I'm done with that, your day's done. Like me, I used to have all like a list of things and like everything needs to be done today. And I would spend like my office used to be in like my room where I would sleep and my girlfriend would come over and she's like, it's like 1am, go to bed. And that's how I burnt out because like I didn't know what the relation of like working in my basement and then going upstairs and still working. I didn't know how to like shut things off, right? You were just getting a micro Exactly. Done. I was always getting everything as like as much as I can done every single day. Daily and, task. Like, daily task and then burning out. And then which it hurts until, you with, for the background. Yeah, right? and, and then it, it hurts your, your relationship, your, with friends, with whatever. Those like big goals that you want. The, like it affects everything because then your sleep's not there and you're not as efficient as you can be. And then my girlfriend helped me like, like just prioritize things like make a list make a date that's the due date stick to those and always have three goals for your days like once you're done those three three goals that's it for today like close your books now it's you time because like me too the same both our girlfriends work in the hospital they work 12 hour days they work 12 hour days they have uh, shifts so like on their days off I like to take my days off so I'll push things but it's important to also stay um, like yeah. stay in charge and it's like you. I, I know Pat does it with like you probably end your day with reading a book. You're oh, reading a book. I start my day with off. reading a book. So like during the pandemic, I was reading a lot. I, I read Sapiens, mm-hmm. and at one point, and I read a bit of like on like word and philosophy, and priority. Like when I understood like priority was a singular word, it just a Western or Western society change it to like priorities. So a plural word. You're like. And then I was like, I had a lot of priorities and I had to prioritize stuff. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I got to, I got to stop using that word. Cause I got to just put different level of like importance on exactly. things. Cause at the, at the end of the day, my priority is my self, like my growth for myself. And I speak for myself on this one and it's myself and like what I can bring to others. Yeah. And if I have other priorities, I'm just half filling all those glasses. I'm like jack of all trades, master of none, right? So if I master myself first and I got the different level of importance on the other task, I feel like for myself, I it's a lot more easier to manage because it's not that big list. Oh, I didn't get that done. I didn't get that done. Yeah. I don't know for you if it's, it it's very similar. No, it's like, it's just being organized and like, like you, when you read too, you, you read it to like bring up your knowledge, but you also do it because you enjoy reading, right? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you use your reading to have your you time and that brings you, like, peace in yourself and you can go about your day, finish your day with reading and it's, it's a form of, like, meditation. You're not, you're getting rid of that stress. Yep. And the way that I do it, like, I like art. So I start my day and I finish my day with drawing just to, like, when I pick up my pen and I start sketching, it's I'm off the clock. Yeah. That's, like, finding a thing that you do that tells you you're off the clock. So... Me, I like to end my days with like, even sometimes I find myself sketching ideas. Like I'll, I'll 
sketch out like stuff for the gym or but for me it's not working because I'm like practicing another skill and that that's what really helped me like I started sketching like maybe a year and a half ago and I do it every day and it helped me like manage my stress manage everything like like how to like punch out before bed my routine instead of being in front of my screen on Instagram I sketch until I'm tired and then I go to bed nice that's cool. better. so it's like finding the thing not to have that guilt because if you have that guilt it's because you didn't prioritize it. well you didn't organize yeah that. You, and I think it's very important right because like we're so bad with the utilization of words I feel so like that we've got a bastard at a word just to like make us feel better about it Right, because like as soon as you change your day, your day from like priorities to like organization. Yeah, you're like, okay, now I'm organized. I'm in control. Yeah, and I was just listening to a podcast, and it's like at the end of the day, no one cares what you do. No, and like, and then you go through that rabbit hole of like, oh, why am I doing this then? Oh, it's because because I love it. Mm -hmm. So you just keep going, which is a cool thing. Like for sure, and what you can contribute yeah. to society with you know what you're doing your passion exactly and people feed from that they see that and and you know like obviously dude like i've well for both of you guys speak i'm gonna pump your ties big time uh but just speaking for both of you guys like i i see the change that you guys do making people and myself as well and so if you guys do that much as friends for for me you know well, I'm, you I'm just wondering like if you guys are paid to do it, man, it must be something spectacular. And, and yeah. th yes, the money, but also you guys actually give a shit. Like, I really love that about you guys. Like you're, you're very passionate entrepreneurs, but people who actually, like, I think Matt, uh, Mike said the word, he's an empath. Like, I, yeah. I feel like that would kind of be your personality types for both of you guys. I feel like you guys really care deeply about what's an empath, like the uh, empathetic, you're oh, empathetic. empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's anyways, it's cool to see. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, respect well, boys. It's, it's like I think, I think you're the same way, right? Like, as soon as you bring, like, it's all about, I think, and for you too, like, yeah, we got, we got, you got bills to pay and all that, but yeah, it's impact over wealth. Because mm -hmm. nobody cares. And like you said at the beginning, like, if you're getting into the field of fitness for money, money you're, you're not lasting. No, no, and you're probably hurting people in the long term. Yeah. Like hurting. Hurting the, the perception of the industry and hurting the clients themselves and mm. maybe hurting is the wrong word, but like not benefiting to the full potential. I kind of the thing her. with with personal I, I, training. You kind of you agree with her? Oh, I kind of kind of. The thing with personal training is it's not regulated. Like anybody can be a personal trainer. You can take a weekend course and be a personal trainer, and then you teach people what you did to lose your fifty pounds. Like yeah, that's not being. I feel like being a trainer is much more like knowing knowledge about like the human anatomy, how things work, how like how like you eat a certain food, you need to know what that food, what happens in your body, mm -hmm. where it gets absorbed and know what to look for if you're deficient in something. Like those are things you need to learn to be a well-rounded coach and not just do a weekend course, get your certification and then go to a big box gym and smile at everybody until someone hires you as a trainer because you have nice arms. Like it's much more than that. Like It's, it's a deeper connection. Yeah. It's a deeper connection because nobody's going to care what you do until they they see the value that you bring to them and that's when they're going to care. And if you, you're able to keep pushing through all those, the little fails that happens and you're able to just keep trying to teach people what like good things and good habits and over a long period of time, you're going to build your clientele. And if you're able to survive throughout all those, those things, eventually you're going to be like, as long as you're happy, you're going to succeed. Right? Yeah. I think, um, happiness, 
it's such like a bastardized word again like for myself i'm like i look for fulfillment man like looking at what you do man you're so much fulfilled like i caught here yesterday seeing you man you were like just fuck yeah man like even though you had a client that was five on a friday night you're still like fucking pumped about it mm-hmm. right and like yes you're definitely very happy to be in your own place man i'm sure like this is a lot more happy standard yeah. of like being in your your parents basement yeah but the fulfillment of like every day of like oh man like i'm building this i'm building a yeah. legacy. and I, one thing that i know that i like i like what i do is a lot of times my clients will come in and they talk to me about their nine to five job and i'm like i could never do that oh really so, you're, like, so, like, you're like no more nine to five well i could like I never see myself working a desk job. Like I'm always on my feet. I'm always like in the gym. Like I, I want, I always told myself like, I want to have a, a job that you're on your feet that you're moving. So like, this was the perfect fit for me. Like I remember, um, before, like I wanted to get into massage therapy, but now that I look at it, like I, I love everything about massage therapy, but I can't be in a small room. I need to be in the gym. Like, oh yeah. That's man. my thing. So like, I, I'm happy with, with what I do. And Eventually, I didn't make much money, and but like obviously, you need to pay your bills. So as you, you get more yeah. like busier, you can like you adapt your business, and you you just have to be patient with the growth of your business and not aim to grow your business if it's not ready to be grown. Right? Speaking of business, what's your top three books for like? And I think we'll have to close it off on that because I got a supper with my parents. Sadly, but like, if you can finish off with like three books like for anybody or for personal trainers, let's go top five books for anybody and personal trainers. Okay, so for personal trainer, I top would, five of your life if you start at five and okay. going down. Five, I would but say. Keep the best for last. <laughs> Ignite your fire by John oh, okay. for personal training. Like gold standard for personal training, or there's better books. No, like if you want to know any, like if you're you're like I want to get into personal training, what are my options? Read his book. You're gonna know. What, what, like, he's going to explain to you what you need to do. Like, okay, cool. The different options, big box gym, CrossFit gyms, home gym, like, these. Oh, nice. Nice, cool. He's going to go over everything and, and help you structure your thing. So that was... That was number one for personal trainers. Ignite the fire? Ignite your fire, or the fire, I oh, think whatever. so. Um, actually, there's, yeah, second book would be um, from Gary V, uh, the yellow one. What is Crushing it? it? Crushing it. I would... Highly recommend that. Yeah, I read that. If you in want to day. start start a side hustle, read his. I would say, um, ooh, we should have prepared that question. <laughs> supple leopard. Yeah, be- becoming a supple leopard for trainers. Like, if you want to learn mobility drills and like just to help loosen up things, I would recommend that one. I would also recommend um, uh, Brett Contreras' Glute Lab book. If you want to grow your glutes. What is he, the glute doctor? The glute doctor, yeah. Glute guy. And my last book that I read that would change, I would be, um, I have it on top of my mind. I can't, I can't put a face on it. It would be, Essentialism. Essentialism. That was a good one too. Those would be my books. Nice. And like the best book all time you've read so far. I know I'm I'm questioning about book because we've you've talked about it like you were reading. I feel like the best book that has nothing to do with what we talked about, but it would be drawing on the right side of your brain. Oh snap! That's a good one for like if if you're looking into getting into art and understanding how your brain works while you draw, read that one. Nice, nice. 
Cool, well, let's close it up. Yeah, let's Eric, close it up. thank you so much for being out here. Thank Man, you for having me. I, I love the fact that you came from like karate, jiu-jitsu, <laughs> martial art background to parallel lifting to, to actually bodybuilding and functional, then to powerlifting, then to functional, to rehab. <laughs> And now, like a fucking business owner, man, it's yeah, been fucking great to see it. Like being in the, being in the, being in the front row of seeing oh, this. Oh yeah, Thank yeah. You. Seeing you grow as an entrepreneur, yeah. man, and just, just your vision. Started. It's, yeah, yeah, of course, man. You're you're 25, so yeah. And you're definitely gonna be a recurring guest on the show for sure, <laughs> man. We we my really pleasure. Just, Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was great, man. The and close it off, yeah, man. Close take it us off. home. Take take us home. Uh, you can take, you can find me on Instagram at sbs.eric.coach uh, or Facebook at ericsigancpt slash strongbodysystem. What's your art account? That's for another podcast. Oh!